Leaning Toward Wisdom, the podcast. The website is leaningtowardwisdom.com. My name is Randy Cantrell. Greetings and welcome inside the Ella studio. Does anybody do what they say? As you might imagine, it it could be considered a bit of a rant, but eh, not so much. Let's let's try to not make it that. Let's try to see what lessons we can learn from this. The answer to the question, does anybody do what they say, is, well, of course, yes. There are people who do what they say. There are also an awful lot of people who don't even remotely come close to doing what they say. And some people, they don't do anything, but they don't claim that they're going to do anything either so there's there's also that little bit of magic i don't know let's talk about it summer's here the heat has begun as we are now into june of 2023 Uh, Let me give you a bit of context and tell you why this is such a subject for me now. If you have been paying attention, you know that I have recently involved myself in two moves. For the first time in my life at this age, who'd have thunk it? I really have two places. That is two places where I split my time. Now, I don't split my time anywhere close to evenly. I am very much in Texas and spend 97% of my time. I don't know. Pick a number. Pick a really crazy high number. 97% of my time is spent in Texas. The other small, really remote amount of time is spent in a place that I call uh, Happy Serene Valley. (laughs) Well, I call it a number of things, but that's what I'm going to call it today. And over in Happy Serene Valley, I have needed to have a little bit of various and sundry things done. I've also needed to have various and sundry things done here in Texas. You know, we sold a home that we had lived in for a house. I should say we sold a house that we lived in for 25 years and needed various and sundry kinds of help, including people to come help and load a truck, uh, various workers of, of different ilk. And I understand the pandemic and I understand as much as I'm capable I think, which probably only speaks to my my incapacity (laughs) to, uh, to grasp such things, but I'm just puzzled. I'm, I'm so puzzled by business behavior. So let's start there because that's the context, but you and I both know that the business behavior bespeaks individual behavior. It could be professional. It could be personal of people doing what they say they will do, but it it goes even beyond that. 
so this morning, so I'm living in, I'm living in this apartment complex, really nice apartment complex. And we have, yeah, boy, this is a first world problem, isn't it? We have valet trash service. Now this valet trash service is not optional. You have to pay for it. It's so many dollars a month. Pick a number, 20 bucks. I don't know. And it prevents you from having to go out to the dumpsters, taking your trash out to the dumpsters. Now that's, that's great. Wonderful. Now I would be plenty happy to save the money and take my trash, but they make everybody do it. And I, I get it. I think I get it. The practical reason is, so you put your trash, you put your trash can out. Now you put, you've got a, a liner in this trash can. The trash can comes with the apartment and you seal the trash in that bag. You leave it in the trash can. If you just set it outside your apartment, they won't pick it up. I, I don't know. I didn't make these rules. So you have the tied up trash bag in the trash can. It's really it's really more, I mean, it's an attractive little trash bin like you would have in a kitchen it has a lid on it that pops up and isn't detached and you set it right outside your door. Now you set it right outside your door in the evening and they come during the night. Well, they, I've learned the hard way. They come before midnight and if you don't set it out the way I just described it, do, they won't touch it. So the trash bag has to be in, in the bin. Now it, it could be just perched. Yeah, that's right. But if you just put the bag out there without the trash can, they won't, they won't take it. Okay. Well, so I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking about, okay, it's, it's mandatory. I kind of understand that because if it weren't, then they're going to have to go down the hall and they're going to have to look and say, okay, well, okay. These people aren't paying for it. So we're not picking theirs up. Assuming that somebody would try to game the system, you know, not pay, but then put their trash can out, hoping that they would pick it up. So they just, they just mandate everybody. Ha it's just a fee. You have to pay like the amenities fee, which we also have to pay. Well, the pool and whatever the other stuff, yeah, we, we never access those. We're never going to access those, but we have to pay. Okay. I get it. These things have got to be maintained. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just seems weird to me that you've got these fees and they're, they're designated these things as opposed to just here it's in the rent and it's, it's just carte blanche. It's just everything. We just, we just give you everything. No, they don't do it that way. And I think I also understand that from a marketing perspective, then they can kind of advertise this rent rate. And then by the time you add valet trash pickup and amenities fees and parking space, covered parking space fees. Okay. Well now you're, you're, you're up pretty significantly from what that rent rate is. So I put the trash out last night. Oh, and by the way, if you have a box, you know, cause people do get Amazon packages and stuff. So if you just put a box, I'm not talking about some big, you know, mattress box. I'm talking about a box that's, you know, 12 by 15 inches kind of a thing. 
I had one of those. I put it out with the trash bin. So I've got my bag. I get the bags tied up. I've already learned the rules the hard way. I've got the bag tied up. The bin is out there. The trash bag is in the bin. And on top is this kind of small box. They take the trash out of the bin. They got that. So in the morning I come and there's this empty trash bin and the box. (laughs) They don't take the box. Like, okay, I mean, what am I missing here? Now, is this, does this fall under the purview of any, does anybody do what they say? Uh, yeah, it does. And here's how let's don't, let's don't go above and beyond. In fact, let's not even do what we really should do. We're not worried about the, uh, the tenant experience. Let's say this is a perfectly lovely place now. I'm not griping about the place. It's just these little ticky tacky kind of things just drive me insane. And I honestly don't get it. So I go out this morning and the trash bin is empty. Good. They got the trash. I knew they would. There is, I don't know what it is. There, there is some little piece of paper. It didn't come from my trash can because my bag was, but they probably dropped something or it could have been there. And I'm like, you can't, if you've got your eyes open at all, you can't help but see this thing. And I'm envisioning these people who come by and do this trash valet. And it's like, nah, I'm not going to pick that up. That's not my job. (laughs) And I'm staring at this thing and I'm thinking, really? You know, you really couldn't, you really just couldn't knock yourself out and spend four nanoseconds and pick that thing up. I'm envisioning these people. I haven't seen them. I'm envisioning these people with some kind of a cart contraption where they're gathering all this trash. They aren't grabbing this with their bare hands and toting it out to the dumpster. They've got a contraption of some sort where they're gathering all this. And it's like this one little scrap of paper. No, that's not part of the trash valet service that we provide. That's what I'm speaking about. When I, I pose this question, does anybody do what they say? I mean, is anybody willing to just, is that really going above and beyond? I mean, are are we down to that? Are we down to where we are so ticky tacky? We've got a trash valet service. Tenants are paying a decent amount of money every month. Every tenant is paying it. Yeah, there's a piece of trash in the hallway. These are interior halls, by the way, climate controlled, nice place. So we're not talking, you know, sorry, motel six, but we're not talking the motel six of apartments here. And it's like, nah, nah, that's not part of the valet service. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So over in happy, serene Valley, I get recommended somebody to come and do a little bit of landscape work and the details are not important. And this fellow meets me, we walk, we walk the yard. I'm like, yeah, here's what I want. And here's what I want. And here's what I want. Just basic. I mean, we're not talking anything fancy and yeah, yeah. He can do that. And I said, how long do you think that'll take? He said, oh, two half days. Okay. 
how much material do you th- do I need to get? He he walks through and he's kind of he's not measuring. He's got no tape measure, but he's kind of he's mo- he's moving his hands as though he's measuring visually, just eyeballing it. I'm like, okay, well, this is his business. Uh, he must know what he's doing, and so he tells me what what to order. Now I'm going to order the material and I'm going to have the material delivered and I, but I'm, I'm taking him at his word. I mean, he's telling me what he, what he needs to do this job. We go over this in person three times at this one meeting. We go over it once we go over it twice. We go over it a third time. I want to make sure because there is a bit of a communication gap. Uh, his native language is not English. Mine is my only language is English and we're having a real difficult time communicating. So I'm wanting to make sure, well, by the third time I'm convinced, yes, we are on the same page. Well, I'm really convinced after the first time, but by the third time, I know we are on the same page. Now he has not yet quoted me a price. And so I go over it again, the third time. I want this and this and this and this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I'm going to have this delivered on this date. And then we're going to wait and we're going to have the rest of it delivered whenever you tell me. Yeah. Yeah. We're straight. I said, and what is this going to cost me? And he throws out a number and it's higher than I expect because of the recommendation that somebody else had given me and that recommendation, perfectly legit, perfectly fine. And I understood that this fella had done, does considerable work for them. So I was not expecting the same deal as them, but he quotes me a price that's considerably higher. If you consider the day rate, because remember, he's already told me repeatedly, this is a, this is a job that's going to take probably two half days. Okay. Well, that's a full day. Now I know what my friend who has recommended him, I know what the day rate that they pay and this day rate that I'm quoted is about three times that. Okay. I don't, I don't quibble. I don't negotiate. That was my first mistake. And I look at him and I said, okay. And I told him, I will pay you half now and I'll pay you the other half when the job is done. Okay. So that's what we did. And now the fun begins. (laughs) And by the way, we're not talking insane amounts of money here, but we're talking, we're not talking chump change either. Well, I'll just tell you, we're talking 1200 bucks. So I pay him $600, write a check, 600 bucks. And because I'm not going to be there while this work is being done, I give the second check of $600 to my friend who recommended this guy. So I go and I order the material. We have the material dumped where this gentleman flagged it to be dumped. All is going well. And they come, they do a little bit of work and they disappear. 
And we did have a little bit of weather one day. And then they come back or somebody comes back and they do a little bit of work. And they do a little bit more work. And it's now ready for the second delivery of material. I pull the trigger on that. We made one adjustment. We make one adjustment to have a little bit of other material that was not in the scope of the thing. And he wants to go pick that up himself. He's got a big trailer. He wants to go pick that up. And it's, it's a, it's a small amount of material. That's fine. At no point says anything. Yeah, I'll do that, but it's going to cost this much more. So now the work gets done. I don't know. I haven't kept track of the hours. It's not my job. The guy tells me it's going to take two half days. Here's how much it's going to cost. I paid him 50%. I got the last 50%. He completes the job and he sends me a text and he now has almost doubled the price. He now wants almost twice as much money as what he quoted. And I just said, no, <laughs> that's not what you, that's not what you committed to. He talks about how hard it was and like, it's not my problem. I didn't choose to do this work. You're in this line of work. You chose this line. I didn't say all that, but I'm thinking all this. <laughs> oh, I would absolutely say it. Don't, don't worry. I just didn't waste my breath because I knew he was going to act like he didn't understand a word of English, which that's a whole nother topic of conversation, but be that as it may. So I tell him again, I'm in Texas. He's in happy, serene Valley, which right now at this moment is not so happy or serene for me. And I tell him where he, you know, you can go and pick up that other check. That's, that's what I'm paying you. I did pay an additional $300. He never said anything. He said he wanted to go get the, uh, the little additional material, um, that we decided was needed in a certain spot. There was never any discussion of this is going to cost so much more, whatever, but I did feel that's worth something. And I felt like I was being, in fact, my friend who recommended him said, yeah, I think that's generous. So I paid an additional $300. So now I'm up to $1,500 from a job that was quoted at 12. Okay. And I'm thinking, I, in fact, I told my friend, I said, you know, I guess in this economy, things are so good. I, I, I could with a little bit of money and some effort, I could absolutely run him and a whole lot of folks in that business out of business. That's how confident I am in my business acumen. I don't know that much about that business, but I promise you, I could find people who do and I could get work done without relying on back breaking labor, right? I mean, the guys, the guys driving a six figure pickup truck. And I told my buddy, I said, you know, one of the first things I would do because some of this material was heavy. 
and it's wheelbarrow and shovel time, man. And I'm like, first thing I would do is I wouldn't invest in a six figure pickup truck. I would buy or rent one of those little bobcats. And I would do for every job that he can do with manual sweat and wheelbarrows and shovels and rakes. I'd get three jobs done for every job he got done. And I would undercut his price like crazy until he went out of business. It's a perfectly legit business model, (laughs) but it really speaks to how about you just do what you said you'd do. And how about you just do it for the price you said you'd do it for? You know how many people I have heard from you, you hear from, and you've probably had this happen to you. Somebody who says they will do something for you, you agree to it. And maybe you like me, you pay them part of it. Hopefully you don't pay it all up front. I would never advise that. And then it's like to get them to come back out to complete the job that they said they would do is like pulling teeth. And it's like, if this is the way that they treat you as a brand new customer, can you imagine being anybody who's stupid enough to be some type of a long-term client for these people? Now here in Dallas, Fort Worth, kind of easy to figure because come on, we're pushing 8 million people. And it's very easy in a big, big metro area for people to think, you know, there's always the next guy. When you're in happy, serene Valley, that may not be the case. Now, what I told my friend is I said, I'm not going to badmouth this person. I'm not going to call them out. I'm not going to name their name. I'm not going to name their company. But I said, if neighbors ask me who did this work for you, I'm not going to tell them. I'm just going to tell them I can't at all recommend them as opposed to the fact that I could, I could have told everybody I know who they were, how great they were, and they could have conceivably gotten, I don't know how much work from it. I don't understand why people don't get this. Jeffrey Gittimer said it years ago, and it's a brilliant comment, but I I'd love to take credit for it, but Jeffrey Gittimer. G-I-T-O-M-E-R. Jeffrey Gittimer is a, he's kind of a sales trainer, kind of a guy. Very creative and very articulate and my kind of guy. Just a tell it like it is kind of guy. And Gittimer said, over three decades ago, I heard him say this. People can say one of three things about you. They can say something bad nothing or something good and you get to decide and it's completely true i don't know why individual people and i don't particularly know why businesses don't understand that you do know that people can say something about you one of three things and they're going to say one of three things about you and you get to determine what it is they will say I get to decide what I'm going to say about the trash valet service where I live. And I can tell you it's pathetic. Do they pick it up? Yes, they do, but they won't pick it all up. I mean, if a box, are you kidding me? A small box? No, we're not taking that. Okay. Now the trash bag is not in the trash bin. We're not taking that. 
Am I being ticky tacky? Maybe you can't pick up a piece of trash that is within 10 feet of my door that somehow is now out in the hallway. No, can't do that. You can't charge what you quoted and because it may have taken longer than you estimated. So now I'm paying by the hour, which was never the agreed upon thing. I don't think so. Now let's flip this over and let me tell you some success stories. I do business with a company out of Indiana called Sweetwater Sound. If you go to sweetwater.com, I don't have any kind of affiliate program. I should, but I don't. But Sweetwater Sound is where I have purchased the kind of gear that you're listening to for a long, long time. I would say for the past 15 years or so. Uh, Before that, some of the gear in the yellow studio, in the original yellow studio was really broadcast kind of gear. And I got it from more of a broadcast kind of a supply house. Uh, But as technology has caught up and changed and the, the kind of the prosumer professional consumer ish kind of stuff has become become really mainstream Sweetwater has been my source uh, for just just about anything to do with this kind of activity this whole podcasting thing now Sweetwater has pricing that's going to be competitive with anybody out there they are a big outfit and they are growing exponentially and I can tell you why if you buy products like I buy whether it's a microphone, uh, a mixer, monitors, headphones, buy it from Sweetwater, and the odds are that product is going to have an additional two-year warranty free of charge via Sweetwater. They're going to ship it to you free of charge. If you take out a Sweetwater credit card, you are going to get just extraordinarily attractive financing at 0%. I've talked about this before, the value of using other people's money. Some items, six months, six equal payments, no interest. Many other items, 24 months. 24 months. I've bought headphones from them that cost less than $200 that I was able to pay out over a 24 month period. And it didn't cost me a dime extra free shipping, a returns. Oh, you think, well, I've got a problem. It's going to be a big hat. No, no, I, I have got an engineer, a sales engineer assigned to me. And it doesn't matter. You don't have to be a big fish. You're going to get one. And this person can answer your questions. This person can help you navigate any, if you need to exchange something. I purchased a Rodecaster Pro 2 and it came in and it just had ridiculously high noise. And best we could tell the noise was in the output, but you really couldn't tell. But anything that went through this thing, it it was noisy on the output. No problem. They shipped me a new one. When I got the new one, 
I had a return label. I put the old one in the box, slapped the label on it, took it over here to a local, I think it's an office depot or someplace like that, which has FedEx inside. Didn't cost me anything shipping or anything else. I mean, these are people that not only will do what they say, but they will go beyond. If Sweetwater Sound were my trash valet, that piece of paper in the hallway would not be there. They would have picked that up and thought, you know, we're here, we can do this, and this will enhance the customer experience. Because they understand as a company that I can say one of three things about them. Something bad, nothing, or something good. And I've just now told you, Sweetwater dot com is where you should go if you're going to buy a microphone if you're going to buy an xlr cable if you're going to buy headphones if you're going to buy a podcast mixer anything anything that has to do with this kind of stuff and oh by the way they sell a ridiculous amount of instruments okay well i'm not a musician but if you are and you need a pa or you need a guitar or you need a bass sweetwater.com Now there's just two stories I could have, I know, by the way, I do a podcast about happy serene Valley. Do you think that I could have gotten on my podcast and I could have told some really great story about this landscape guy? Of course I could. Am I going to, I will not. And I'm not recording anything like this for that podcast, by the way. So what I'm choosing to do is nothing privately. Oh, privately and privately. I'm, I'm willing to say quite a lot. If somebody were to press me, well, I, you know, I don't want to use, if this person didn't do right by you, I, I mean, protect me. I would, I would absolutely tell them. Here's who I would recommend that you not call. This is how it used to be. I remember when somebody in the neighborhood you know, a, a neighbor getting a new car when you were a kid, that was a big deal. It, it, is that a big deal? That's probably not a big deal now. You know, families just didn't, you just didn't go buy a new car ever whipstitch. In fact, I didn't know anybody that went and bought a new car on any kind of a regular basis. So when a, somebody in the neighborhood bought a new car, it was a big deal. And as the, as the dads are talking and invariably, Okay, these folks, they like Fords, and these other folks, they like Pontiacs, and these other people, they like Chevys and whatever. And then there's that rare bird, you know, that they they bought Dodges. (laughs) And you'd hear the, the adults talk, and it was interesting to me, the thing that would stand out is not who to go see, but... I can tell you who, who you shouldn't go see would say the person who bought the new car because the buy, the, the purchase was just so cumbersome. And if you think things take a long, laborious amount of time today, they took a really long, laborious amount of time back then. I mean, if you went to buy a car, it was, you were just there hours and hours and hours. Now you could be there hours and hours and hours today. I've never understood why the car business hasn't figured out a way to be, uh, to just be more consumer friendly, but they aren't. None of them are. 
we just recently bought late last year, Rhonda, a new, a new Honda CRV and it was as bad as I ever remember. I mean, the F and I, you know, the finance and insurance person, you know, that person that they, they put you in the room with to just absolutely make your life miserable so that you'll buy every extended warranty and you'll add on every nonsensical high profit item that can drive their profits up and provide you zero value. That person, I finally looked at her and I said, you are, and this was a woman. I said, I've said no repeatedly and now you're hacking me off and i'm fixing to cancel this whole deal and just walk out because now you've overstepped the bounds of just doing your job and now you're aggravating me and my wife just sat there as we left even my wife acknowledged had i not done that we'd still be sitting in that office listening to this woman pressure us that's the only word for it manipulate and pressure us to try to buy something that we didn't want, nor could we afford. And I'm sitting here looking at these kinds of things and I'm thinking, I don't get it. I just don't get it. What if a car dealership, and of course we're in the, we're in the era now where there's this market adjustment price. You experienced this. I had to look now I'm in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. I went out of state. I was looking for a dealer that would not do what's called a market adjustment. So there's MSRP. So there's the manufacturer suggested retail price list price. If you please sticker price on a car and I'm not accustomed to paying sticker price for a car. Yeah, I admit I did. I absolutely did, but they've got this package and that package. And Oh, by the way, that's not an optional pack. You have to buy that. And most of those were three to $5,000 above sticker. And it would be idiotic things like nitrogen filled tires. Have you experienced this thing? Yeah. Just Google that thing. Nitrogen filled tires. Car dealers are notorious for coming up with the most idiotic nonsensical add-ons that have some kind of a convincing pitch, but are just you talk about snake oil. It's just snake oil. That's all it is, is snake oil. Nitrogen filled tires is snake oil, period. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just looking for a dealer that would sell it for list. Couldn't find one. Could not find one. Found somebody a little on the outskirts of, of Dallas that just got irate with me when I said, listen, I'm willing to pay. I understand that sticker prices now, that's the deal. I get it but I'm not going to pay you three to $5,000 over for some package of various and sundry things that I don't want, nor can I afford. Well, good luck because everybody's doing it. And I said, well, that makes it right. I got in touch with Honda motors. (laughs) I knew the answer. You know, they're not going to be accused of price fixing or anything like that. And so they're just like independent dealers can do everything. The pricing is completely up. And I'm like, I I get it, but you're telling me that you, you can't let, you can't, I know for a fact that manufacturers can and do adjust inventory availability based on a dealer, a dealer's performance, various and sundry other things. 
I know that's a fact. Believe me, I know firsthand that's a fact. Not just in the car business, but in all kinds of businesses. But I'm sitting here thinking, so Honda Motors does not care if they've got dealers that are out there just absolutely gouging people. And the answer would be no, they don't. They absolutely don't care at all. So finally, I found a dealer, which happened to be a dealer I had done some business with in the past. They had changed hands. They had sold out some big outfit out of California. And they, too, had a package, but it was reasonable. And I would say two of the three things, one being window tent and the other being all-weather mats, two of the three things were things that I wanted anyway. Did I pay a premium because the dealer did that? Yeah. Could I have bought weather tech mats and saved, oh, 20%? Yes, I could. Could I have gone out and got my own window tinting and probably saved 20%? I could. Uh, did I care that much? No, because I wanted the vehicle that I wanted. I wanted it configured the way I wanted. I wanted the color that I, that we wanted. And this dealer was, they were perfectly fine. Until I got to the F and I office <laughs> and, then, and then it went south in a hurry. What about you? So what can we derive from all this other than just griping and moaning about the way things are? I wonder if this kind of behavior, if this kind of activity doesn't compel the rest of us to just, well, that's what everybody else is doing. So I'm going to do it too. So let me tell you my thought. What a competitive edge we have in a world filled with people who don't even do what they say they will do and many, many others who won't even say what they'll do because they just don't want to commit. Those of us who are willing to commit and say what we will do and not only do what we say, but do more than we say kids. The world is our oyster. I'm, I'm sorry. I just believe it. I stood in front of a group of employees back in 1981, 82. And I looked at these people in a retail company that I was running. And I said, who would have thunk that we would arrive at a time when saying please and thank you, sir and ma'am, are competitive edges, but welcome to 1982 because those are competitive edges. Guess what, kids? Welcome to 2023. Please and thank you, sir and ma'am, are competitive advantages. Doing what we say we will do for the price we say we'll do it and then going above and beyond is a competitive advantage. In a moment of frustration, I told my friend who had recommended this landscape person, I said, you know, part of me would so like to go into that business just to run him out of business because people like that, I can promise you he is taking advantage of people every single day day. I don't feel picked upon. I don't feel like I'm a one-off. This is professional business behavior. This is systemic behavior. 
this is habitual behavior. I'm not stupid enough or arrogant enough to feel singled out. He does this with great regularity. I predict based on my experience and by and large, it works. The problem is it only works one time. He rides off in his six figure pickup truck, feeling pretty good. He feels good. He got a higher, he got a higher sale out of this thing. Meanwhile, he's foolish enough to not understand that one job could have gotten him three or four or six, or if you're a podcaster and they're talking about you, like I've talked about sweetwater.com, you might could have even gotten dozens of jobs from it. Who knows? Well, only the people who do what they say and only the people who go above and beyond and only the people who understand the consumer experience matters a lot. I guess only they know. Oh, I know you've got stories. We've all got stories. Do not be tempted to join the masses. Stand out, stand apart, be special, be unique. Deliver a great experience, whether this is personal, whether this is professional. Stand out, be counted and make a difference, make a positive difference. People can say one of three things about us, something bad, nothing, or something good. And it's up to us to decide. So be a person of your word and beyond. I'm glad you click play. Now that we are into the beginnings of summer, you got any big plans? Next, next big date coming up, I guess, is July 4th, week of July 4th. Got plans for July 4th? What are you going to do over the, over the uh, summer? Anything fun? Anything cool? Uh, my cohort in crime over at the uh, other podcast about Happy Serene Valley, he's in Greece right now. He and his wife decided, they, I mean, talk about go big or go home. Yeah, we ain't going home. We're going to Greece. The pictures look pretty amazing. I told him, take a bunch of pictures because a guy like me, I'm never going to Greece. I got news for you. Not doing it. I just, uh, travel is just not, I just don't care. I really don't. Not something I want to do. Talk about people doing what they say. So my son gets in. I guess they got in this morning at about 3, 3.30. Flight was delayed. It was one thing after another, man. Yeah. I mean, air travel, people trying to get cars rented and Airbnbs or hotels booked. And it's just, everybody's got a horror story to tell. And if you go out to eat, well, all bets are off because they're understaffed and it's just a nightmare. Service is just dreadful everywhere. 
which means that if service is great, if people actually do what they say and they do it well, it's so outstanding, isn't it? I mean, it just, it just leaps off the page at you. Leaning toward wisdom, modern tales of an ancient pursuit. The website is leaningtowardwisdom.com. My name is Randy Cantrell. Greetings and welcome inside the Yellow Studio. Welcome.